while practicing the profound Prajnaparamita saw in this way. He saw the five skandhas to be empty of nature. Then, through the power of the Buddha, Venerable Shariputra said to noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, how should a son or daughter of noble family train who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita? Addressed in this way, noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, said to Venerable Shariputra, O Shariputra, a son or daughter of noble family who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita should see in this way. Seeing the five skandhas to be empty of nature, form is emptiness, emptiness also is form. Emptiness is no other than form, form is no other than emptiness. In the same way, feeling, perception, formation, and consciousness are emptiness. Thus, Shariputra, all dharmas are emptiness. There are no characteristics, there is no birth and no cessation. There is no impurity and no purity. There is no decrease and no increase. Therefore, Shariputra, in emptiness there is no form, no feeling, no perception, no formation, no consciousness, eye, no ear, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind, no appearance, no sound, no smell, no taste, no touch, no dharmas. O I Datu, up to no mind Datu, no Datu of Yarmas, no mind consciousness Datu, no ignorance, no end of ignorance, up to no old age and death, no end of old age and death, no suffering, no origin of suffering, no cessation of suffering, no path, no wisdom, no attainment, and no non-attainment. Therefore, Shariputra, since the Bodhisattvas have no attainment, they abide by means of Prajnaparamita. Since there is no obscuration of mind, there is no fear. They transcend falsity and attain complete nirvana. All the Buddhas of the three times by means of Prajnaparamita fully awaken to unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment. Therefore, the great mantra of Prajnaparamita, the mantra of great insight, the unsurpassed mantra, the unequaled mantra, the mantra that calms all suffering should be known as truth since there is no deception. Prajnaparamita mantra is said in this way, Te Atta Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangati Bodhisoha. Thus Shariputra, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, should train in the profound Prajnaparamita. Then the Blessed One, Samadhi, and praise noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, saying, Good, good, O son of noble family, thus it is, O son of noble family, thus it is. One should practice the profound Prajnaparamita just as you have taught, and all the Tathagatas will rejoice. When the Blessed One had said this, Venerable Shariputra and Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, that whole assembly in the world with its gods, humans, asuras, and Gandharvas, rejoiced and praised the words of the Blessed One.
The fundamental ground is scented with incense, flowers adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. Imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. Holy Lamas High, wrap the sky of your Dharma bodies in massive clouds of knowledge and love, and let them pour upon the earth of your disciples as we are ready, a shower of rain, the teachings deep and wide. Send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. Edam Guru Radha Mandala Gamni Radha Yami Jadan Jaji Janam Lan Yaju Madhu Dani Yazu Yinagi Juni Jivezu Nam Ji Rolam Jil Zani Rubayu 
Sambajama so once again, we will be uh, uh, looking at uh, Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment. Uh, and if we look at the outline, uh, we can find that it begins with how to rely upon a teacher that is the root of the path. Uh, and then the next point that's made is how students train their minds after having relied upon the teacher. Uh, the section of how students train their minds after having relied upon a teacher, we find two major headings. First, an exhortation to take full advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity. And then a second point of how one takes full advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity. That second point of how one takes advantage of a life of leisure uh, and opportunity uh, has three major headings. Uh, training the mind, the stage of the past shared in common with beings of small capacity, training the mind in the stage of the past shared in common with beings of medium capacity, and then training the mind in the stage of the path for beings of great capacity. The first category, training the mind, the stage of the path 
shared in common with beings of small capacity uh, begins with uh, three headings. First, the actual training of thought of a person of small capacity. Uh, second point is the measure of the attitude of a person of small capacity. Uh, and then third is dispelling or clearing up any misconceptions related to a person of small capacity. So this first category, which is the actual training of thought of a person of small capacity, uh, has two points that are made. First, developing a state of mind that strives <coughs> diligently for the sake of future lives. Uh, and then the next category under that heading is uh, relying on a method or a means for achieving happiness in one's next life. Uh, so once we get to that last point in the outline I've been going over, uh, how to rely upon the means or the method of achieving happiness, we then get to the section that we're in in the Great uh, Treatise. Uh, so we find um, uh, under that the, the section, uh, the, the, the method, or how to, the reliance on the means, we find two major topics. First, refuge, and then second, karma and its results. Uh, so the section on refuge has four points that are made. The causes for going for refuge. Uh, based on that, the objects to which you go for refuge too. Uh, how to go for refuge. Uh, and then the final point, the precepts of refuge, or the advices that are given related to refuge. Uh, so we're currently dealing with the section of advices on refuge or the advices that are related to refuge. Uh, and then Lama Tsongkhapa explains it in two specific ways. He explains it by way of the compendium of determinations uh, and then he explains it according to the oral tradition. So we're currently uh, in the section uh, of, the oral tradition, uh, of the oral tradition and there are the special precepts uh, and then the precepts that are in common, or the general precepts, or uh, in common precepts. Uh, so we're currently in the section of the in common uh, precepts, the general precepts, starting in English on page 196, if anyone's following in English. Anyone who is following in English. Yan so ware Shiba 
So uh, now we have six, uh, the general precepts are divided into six categories. Uh, by recalling the distinctions and good qualities of the three jewels, uh, go for refuge again and again. By recalling the great kindness of the three jewels, strive to worship them constantly uh, and offer the first portion of your food and drink. Establish other living beings in this practice by considering them with great compassion. This is number three. Number four, whatever activity you engage in and whatever your purpose, make offerings and supplications to the three jewels forsaking any other worldly methods. Number five, after you have understood the benefits, go for refuge three times in the day and three times at night. And number six, maintain your refuge and do not forsake the three jewels, even in jest or if it costs your life. Uh, so this is the outline of the content to come. Uh, and it begins with the first point by recalling the distinctions and good qualities of the three jewels, go for refuge again and again. Uh, so it's on page 197 in English. As previously explained, you should repeatedly keep in mind the differences between non-Buddhists and Buddhists, the distinctions among the three jewels, uh, and the good qualities or the excellent qualities uh, of the three jewels. Uh, so here, the differences previously we went over, uh, the difference between non-Buddhists and Buddhists, the non-Buddhist teacher versus a Buddhist teacher, uh, the distinctions, the distinctions between a Buddhist uh, truth and a non-Buddhist truth. Uh, and the distinctions uh, um, between the students, a non-Buddhist student uh, and a Buddhist student. So there was a clarification made and the differences pointed out in previous sections. Uh, and then it's, it goes over the difference among the distinctions among the three jewels uh, and the uh, excellent qualities of the three jewels. So we went over the various differences between the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha jewel uh, and so forth. Uh, and then it gets to the section that deals with the excellent qualities uh, of uh, the three jewels and then we went over the looking at specifically each jewel uh, the Buddha jewel the excellent qualities of the Buddha's uh, body the excellent qualities of the Buddha's speech the excellent qualities of the Buddha's mind the excellent qualities of the Buddha's enlightened activities uh, and then we uh, looked at uh, the excellent qualities of the Dharma uh, and the Sangha and in, in that section uh, we had a very uh, small amount of information but we found two quotes uh, dealing uh, uh, with the excellent qualities of the Dharma and Sangha uh, from the compendium of teachings, I believe, uh, compendium of the teachings. Uh, and we find in the Dharma it says that this all arises from the Dharma, etc. Uh, so uh, we find these qualities pointed out 
And if we were to look for a more uh, um, extensive explanation of the excellent qualities uh, of the uh, individual jewels, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, we can look towards uh, Maitreya's sublime continuum for more information there. Deekson. ตัญญะปะญิปะกะติชะปะเจสุเจเปตะกุนชวนจิกุนจุชุกุนจุนิกุนจุสงปะเตะอะเนกะติชะปะเจตะเตกะติงกะเตสชะปะเตสนะอะ
are a result of the kindness of the Buddha who uh, realized the mind that aspires to enlightenment and then achieved uh, 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 accumulated merit for three countless <coughs> eons uh, for our benefit uh, and then was able to uh, um, uh, um, uh, become a Buddha uh, for, for the sake of us. Uh, so it is through the, the kindness of the Buddhas uh, that we are able to have uh, the, the various enjoyments in our body and the things of happiness. Um, because virtue is what causes happiness, and if it is virtue, it is dependent upon the enlightened activities of the Buddha. Uh, so here we find a quote uh, from the King of Con Concentration Sutra, which is a sutra we can find here in the Kangjur, the pronouncements of Lord Buddha. And it says, Though they obtain food due to the Buddha's merit, the childish do not repay their kindness. Uh, so here, um, all of our en enjoyments uh, and so forth are a result of uh, um, uh, the Buddha's kindness. Uh, and if we look at our goals, um, and we look at uh, engaging in the pathway which leads to the higher realms, and engaging in pathways which lead to nirvana or liberation, the pathways which lead to complete Buddhahood, we can see how making an offerings all the time can aid in that process as well, uh, because it, those are the, uh, the, the, the real hap levels of happiness, the higher realms, liberation and complete Buddhahood. Uh, so if the happiness of our body and enjoyments and so forth are dependent upon this, uh, then we make offerings in order to achieve the higher goals as well. Um, and so, uh, Deegson. This one. ตาตะละชบชบชวาตาชิบิสัมบะญีเลชิบะจุยสัมเบเนซอนจิลชุกุเรสชบะตะละซาจิญีจิลวิญีจิลดัวชบะชวาตาชิบิสัมบะชบะ
כתב כל התשובה. לא, זה האדם. שיזה אדם. כל התשובה, ก็จะคุยในจบะเนี่ยราชินีกี้ทุมอาเตะตะสุสนอเจจุเนี่ยงามะตะชาวุสตาเนี่ยบะตะกุติจบะเนี่ยบะตะกุติจบะเนี่
what are you offering to uh, the Buddha's body? What are you offering to the stupas? What are you offering to a perceived object? What are you offering to a non-perceived object? What are you offering? What are offerings made by yourselves? What do they consist of? What are offerings made by others consist of? What are offerings made by yourself and others consist of? So Rinpoche is saying that this section could be looked at as just some explanation of offerings that one could make of wealth and service, making it then not in a number, making the number the one that is an offering made both by you and then one that you've helped someone else to make. Uh, so it's not saying that you're getting the merit necessarily the way it would interpret. It's saying there's another category, Rinpoche is saying, of one where it's all happening. You're making an offering while someone's making an offering also that you've helped to make. And then this point about the wealth and services, uh, it says, our offerings to a Buddha or a stupa consisting of gifts, clothing, etc., etc. These are points made of what one is offering to the previous, in the, uh, in the previous activity. So, uh, that's what has been happening for the last uh, couple of sessions. Uh, so we're going to use that order as a secondary order and um, looking at, in, at that way uh, and just establishing uh, number eight, uh, number seven, as uh, uh, a tumor, which is an in common, common offering, which is you are making and uh, helping someone else to make making number seven here just a part of a commentary related to the rest of it and then moving on to number eight in the order we find in the text of vast of offerings. Dixon. What the Jinchitachutan あね、ぬじすめたん、ゆじたん、どばたん。しま、しまじゅぶぶたん、まとぎちまたん、ゆみじたたん。ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、
so here it's specifically saying these are the kind of offerings one is making to a Buddha or a stupa, consisting of gifts of clothing. Uh, so some uh, um, options or some uh, um, examples of offerings. Gifts of clothing, food, bedding, seats, medicine, personal necessities, incense, aromatic powders and ointments, flower garlands, music, and various types of lamps. There are also is also offering respectful speech, prostrations, rising before the other, hands joined together respectfully, a variety of praises, obeisance with your limbs and head touching the ground, and clockwise circumambulation. Moreover, inexhaustible gifts such as fields can be given as well as offerings of jewels, or uh, earrings, bracelets, and the like. At the least, there are offerings of bells, silver coins, or spools of thread. So here, uh, what the question is asked, what is one, there are the ten actions of offering that are presented. They are actual actions. Uh, and then you ask, what, and when one is engaging in the activity or action of offering, what is one offering? Uh, and then we find here, the explanation of what one is offering, and then the next section is uh, 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 making an o vast offerings. Oh, <laughs> so the next is vast offerings. Vast offerings means offerings of the above wealth and services over a long duration of time. Furthermore, they have seven qualities. Uh, um, so this is uh, making offerings of the things that are mentioned up here that one can offer and doing it for a long time, for uh, many, many years. Uh, so it says there, they have seven qualities, uh, being uh, copious, excellent, both uh, directly perceived and not directly perceived, done by one, both oneself uh, and others, and being offered with heartfelt delight, fervent aspiration, and with the merit being dedicated to perfect enlightenment. Uh, so these are the seven qualities uh, that vast offerings have. This Yes, 
Le Okay. Um, so uh, the next uh, is number nine, offerings not contaminated with the afflictions. Uh, so this is a, the section heading name. And it says our offerings with six qualities. First, they are made uh, with your own hands. Here it says manly by, manually by yourself. So with literally in the in Tibetan it says make it with your own hands. Uh, um, not making others to do them out of contempt, carelessness, or laziness, um, respectfully, without distraction, free of afflictions in that they are not mixed with attachment and the like, without the expectation of receiving wealth and service from kings and so on who have faith in the Buddha, and with uh, concordant things. Here it says proper material accompaniments. Uh, it's, the word is just a really small word, and it means concordant. Uh, concordant things. Uh, so, uh, so, going back to manually by yourself. So one is making it with one's own hands, uh, and there aren't any presence of the afflictions such as uh, contempt, carelessness, laziness. Rinpoche said one doesn't have any kind of miserliness uh, um, connected to it or some sort of pride connected to it. So the offering uh, isn't made uh, under the influence of the afflictions. Uh, even if one, with one's own hands, makes an offering, uh, if there is the presence of laziness, carelessness, or contempt, uh, then it does not become an offering not contaminated with the afflictions. It is an offering contaminated with the afflictions. So uh, that's why it's qualified by one's own hand as well as not contaminated by the afflictions. Uh, so uh Okay. 
ตะเนเฟรชิปาลาเมยซันซันซันซันเมยเอ็นเมมาเดเชอร์ดูโอเคโอเคกางยิซินเดอินจิเคดิซบูจูดิซบูซินดาบูดิซบูลาตุโซเ
uh, it would be considered something not worthy for offering or inappropriate for offering. So any, anything within the lineage of poison, Rinpoche said, uh, that is of the lineage of poison. Um, and it says, uh, um, so making offerings uh, of a poisonous flower or anything within the lineage of poison or uh, offering uh, uh, the, the gukul offering the, or the remnants of a, a spirit offering or washing something in clarified butter or uh, uh, um, anointing something with the bala, uh, this fat, faux golden finish ointment. Uh, uh, these are all something that is not a concordant offering, an inappropriate offering uh, as opposed to an appropriate offering. And then it says, if you have neither prepared these offering materials yourself nor requested them from others, you should delight in all the appropriate offerings to the Tathagatas that exist throughout the universe. Imagine them to be as vast and pervasive and rejoice others uh, in others offering them. And so it's saying, uh, if you haven't done it, these things that are not appropriate or ask someone else to do inappropriate things, then this is good and this is the appropriate way to make offerings. Dixon. <laughs> Jinejikanas, <laughs> Nettles. So it says, if you have neither prepared these offering materials yourself, uh, nor requested them from others, you should delight in all appropriate uh, offerings to the Tathagatas that exist throughout the universe. One second. So here, having made this great measureless offering, you will with little difficulty amass uh, accumulations necessary for attaining enlightenment. Strive constantly to do this with a contented, happy mind. As it says in the Cloud of Jewels Sutra and Array of Three Pledges, you can also give unowned flowers, fruit, trees, jewels, uh, and the like. So one can uh, make offerings in the way mentioned, but if one does not have uh, material things to offer, uh, one can make, uh, imagine that one is making uh, uh, all different types of offerings of things uh, unowned and so forth, such as flowers and lakes and streams, and gold and silver, 
uh, sky, making all these various offerings uh, and making them to all the Tathagatas th throughout the entire universe. And it says, imagine them to be vast and pervasive uh, and rejoice in others offering them. So you uh, can rejoice in offerings that others have made as well. So not only is one imagining that one is making these various uh, types of vast offerings of things that are unowned as, as well as unowned if it's possible, uh, um, one is also rejoicing in all of the offerings that everyone else is able to make. And by doing so, one is accumulating a large store or a large amount of merit, uh, a large amount of merit. So we can see in the case of Milarepa, uh, who had uh, no material items to offer, he only had nettles, uh, vegetables, uh, and he had nothing else besides nettles and, and a bowl, uh, and he was able to uh, make uh, many of these uh, vast offerings uh, in this way of things unowned and so forth, uh, and, and various other offerings of practice be, uh, without having material things to actually offer. The so here when we uh, um, imagine them to be vast and pervasive, it says in rejoice in others offering them. So rejoicing in others' virtue. By rejoicing in the virtue of others, we're allowing ourselves to accumulate uh, merit and both the merit, which is the uh, collection of exalted wisdom, as well as the collection of uh, merit. Uh, so there's the collection of exalted wisdom and collection of merit, and by rejoicing in the virtue of others, uh, we are able to accumulate both of those collections simultane uh, simultaneously or at the same time. And then it says, where does it say this? It says, uh, we can find this uh, in the cloud of Jewel Sutra and the ray of the three pledges, uh, where it says you can also give unknown flowers, fruit, trees, jewels, and the like. Uh, and here with the example of Milarepa, who didn't have necessarily material things to offer, uh, he was able to offer these unowned things, such as the flowers, fruit, trees, jewels, etc. Um, so we find here all of the advices related uh, to appropriate uh, offerings. Uh, and then it's, if one doesn't have uh, this, uh, um, uh, these offerings of wealth and service, uh, then one can offer something that is unowned. So owned is referring to one's wealth, one's service. This is something that one has. And then externally, 
there are things that are unowned that one can offer that one isn't in possession of. Uh, and this is what Milarepa did to accumulate merit. Then Shimbachi, <laughs> 
so this section is of great importance that we're moving on to. Uh, we find the entire summary of uh, Atisha's Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment uh, found um, within this one uh, uh, section. Um, so uh, here, it's the offering of practice. Uh, so I'll read it, and then we'll go back. Uh, offering of practice entail recollecting the four immeasurables, the fourfold condensation of the teaching, and then in, this is in parentheses because it's not in the, t the Tibetan. All composite phenomena are impermanent, all contaminated things are miserable, all phenomena are selfless, and nirvana is uh, bliss and peace. The three refuges... Uh, and the perfections, admiring profound emptiness and fixing on it without conceptualization, disciplining your mind through the vows of ethical discipline, meditating on and striving for the factors of enlightenment, the perfections, and the four ways to gather disciples, period. Uh, all with, for, and do, the, do so with great effort. Um, so uh, then we'll, we'll move up to the first part. So we find all of the point at the beginning of Atisha's lamp for the path to enlightenment that states, understand there are persons of three capacities, small, middling, and great. I shall write clearly identifying their characteristics. Uh, we find everything contained within this points of practice uh, when we're looking at the perfections and, and so forth. Uh, so we'll go through them uh, point by point. So the four immeasurables, uh, referring to the four immeasurable thoughts, may all sentient beings have happiness and the causes of happiness, uh, etc., and then the fourfold condensation of the teaching, or sometimes called the uh, four spheres of the Dharma. Uh, here, uh, first, that all, comp all composite or compound phenomena are impermanent. All contaminated things are suffering or miserable. All phenomena are selfless. Uh, and nirvana is peace. Here we then have the three refuges, the refuge of the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, uh, the perfections. Here there are causal perfections and resultant perfections. Uh, causal perfections are referring to the bodhisattva path. Um, there are no hearer pathways that are considered causal perfections. Uh, they are necessarily bodhisattva paths, and resultant perfections are necessarily uh, the results of the bodhisattva paths. So when we look at the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge and the mantra that's found uh, in it, Teata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangate Bodhisoha, the Teata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasamgate, which is referring to the path of accumulation, the path of preparation, the path of seeing, and the path of meditation, are referring to the causal perfections, which are the causal pathways, which end in or result in the fifth uh, Bodhisoha, uh, which is referring to the no more learning. Uh, which is the resultant perfection. The causal perfections result in the perfection of no more learning. Uh, so then this is the... Uh, so when we look at this uh, mantra, Teata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangate Bodhisoha, uh, we find within it 
the path of the here's path of accumulation, preparation, uh, seeing, meditation, and no more learning. The Prachika Buddha's path of uh, accumulation, preparation, seeing, meditation, and no more learning. And then the Bodhisattva five paths uh, just mentioned. The five the, in this specific case where we're speaking of perfection, it's exclusively speaking of the Bodhisattva path, five paths, and and not. Uh, the hearers or solitary realizer five paths which that mantra also implicitly is referring to uh, so it's referring to those 15 pathways but the 10 are not being referred to but as a perfection it's necessarily a bodhisattva path if it's referred to as a perfection uh, so then uh, it says uh, um, uh, um, disciplining your mind through vows of, uh, I'm sorry uh, admiring profound emptiness and fixing on it without conceptualization. Here, uh, this is fixing on uh, the object of observation, emptiness, uh, and then achieving uh, a calm, abiding, and a which utilizes as its object of observation this emptiness, and then moving from that inferential cognition of calm, abiding, and special insight to a non-conceptual direct perception of emptiness. So this non-conceptual uh, um, uh, 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 um, without conceptualization is referring to achieving a direct perception of emptiness because a direct perception is uh, a, a direct valid cognition of emptiness is necessarily <coughs> not conceptual consciousness. Uh, I can remember. Rimshay said, let's stop and we'll hand out, uh, let's take a short break and we'll hand out cookies. I won't forget. I'll remember the rest of it when we come back. Let's get started. So uh, going back uh, so the, uh, to the points, the three refuges, uh, uh, the three jewels, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, the perfections. We went over causal perfection uh, and we went over we went over causal perfection and we went over resultant perfection uh, so we went over that in depth and then admiring profound ep emptiness and fixing on it without conceptualization leading to the point where one through uh, a union of calm abiding and special insight eventually achieves a non-conceptual realization of emptiness and is, allowed, is able to fix one's mind in a direct valid perception of emptiness. Disciplining your mind through the vows of ethical discipline. Here this is referring to uh, any among the various vows of ethical discipline one can take, individual liberation vows such as the one day vow, the householder male and female vow, the novice monk and nun vow, the probationary nun vow, or the fully ordained monk or nun vow, or any among the other vows of uh, bodhisattva vows, uh, etc. Uh, so, of ethical discipline, uh, and, and meditating on and striving for the factors of enlightenment. Uh, so here, uh, we can divide the um, factors of enlightenment into uh, the 37 categories, and if we further subdivide the 37 categories, we come up with uh, seven different categories. Four categories of mindfulness, four perfect abandonments, four aspects of the legs of magical emanation, four aspects of faculties, I'm, I'm sorry, five aspects of faculties, five aspects of strengths, uh, seven uh, aspects which are branches of enlightenment, and then the eightfold path, uh, eight uh, pathways, uh, path of the arias, eight paths of the arias, making for a total of 37 uh, factors uh, of enlightenment.
um, and then it says the, the perfections, so we could be referring to the six perfections, the ten perfections, the four ways to gather disciples. Uh, we find the four points made of acting generously, uh, speaking sweetly, uh, working for their benefit, and then practicing what one is teaching, uh, actually engaging in the practices that are being taught. Uh, so these are the four ways uh, that one gathers disciples, and it says, do this with great effort. Dixon. Mandy, 
जिदेल देवे फंसू था चीखे जेरे जिदेल मादे भी फंसू था चीखे जेरे फंसू सुबह तीन सौ तो तल चौबे भी जब बहुत सुन दिए सर ऐसा है तो दाल के बीच संभल वो सांतु चोटों आदो so here uh, it says to make these uh, ten types of offerings to the three jewels is to make uh, a complete offering. So this is the section dealing with the actions of offering. The next section deals with the attitudes of offering. Uh, and then uh, it's the, the benefits. Uh, are, 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 it shows uh, the reasons for uh, the benefit. Uh, so the point here is the second aspect of offering the attitudes is as follows. When you make these ten types of offerings, there are six attitudes which will render immeasurable the result of even a small offering to any of the three jewels. Uh, um, so here, these are the reasons why it's of such great benefit. So the reasons why... Uh, um, um, even making a small offering related to the ten types of offerings is of, of great value. Um, so. One thing I forgot from before is when we're when you're making an offering. This is from way before, but I just remembered. I forgot when making an offering uh, every time of your food and drink. One can just uh, say out loud the uh, Sanskrit Om Ah Hum three times, uh, and then say I offer this food or drink to the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. So this is how one goes about offering one's food or drink. I forgot. I left that out from before. I just remembered I left it out. So uh, that's from the previous section and how you make your offering of food and drink. You say Om Ah Hum three times and then I offer this to the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. So I'm sorry about that. Uh, so now uh, that was under the section of the actions of offering. Now we're under the attitudes of offering. So these attitudes, if one has this attitude that even a small offering uh, in related to these ten types of offering will produce a measurable uh, benefit. And one should make offerings with the thought that uh, there is no higher field of excellent qualities. The, uh, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the, Jang, the Sangha uh, have the highest excellent qualities that one can have or achieve. Uh, there is no higher benefactor or, or one who will benefit. Uh, there is no one who will benefit one more. Uh, so uh, they, this, uh, the three jewels are of the greatest benefit. Uh, here, the Buddha, he is the best of all living beings. Uh, so, in among the three jewels that are beings, they are the highest of all sentient beings. And when we look at the jewels, some are beings, some are not. Those are the, the jewels that are beings are the highest of all beings. Uh, then the he is extremely rare, uh, like a uh, it is extremely rare, like a uh, udamvara flower. Uh, the udamvara flower is a, a flower that only came into the world when Buddha was born and then left the world when Buddha passed to nirvana or seemingly passed to nirvana. Um, so uh, this is how showing the rarity uh, of the Buddha by way of comparing it to this flower that was only in the world for this short period of time when the Buddha was. Uh, and it says, since only one Buddha appears in a universe of three billion world systems, he is the only one. Uh, so it's not necessary for two Buddhas to appear. It's only necessary for one Buddha to appear in all of the different world systems. And we find that quote that says that Buddha is able to, with one response, answer all questions of all beings in all worlds uh, in a language that they can understand simultaneously. So the Buddha's quality is that he can do this, and therefore it's not necessary to have a second 
Buddha, that one Buddha can answer the questions of all simultaneously in their own language. Uh, and he is the foundation of all uh, mundane and super mundane good or worldly and not worldly. Uh, so you, you could translate that as Jikten and Jikten Mayimba, which is worldly and not worldly. Uh, so uh, the foundation of all worldly and not worldly good. Uh, so these are the, the six um, attitudes that uh, one uses as reasons for uh, recognizing that even a small offering one is making uh, um, to the three jewels has such power. Uh, and so the reasons here are, are the, why it's so beneficial. So Rinpoche is calling it the benefits. Uh, so these, these uh, thoughts are why it's so beneficial. So it's showing the, the reason for the benefit that one achieves. And the benefit is immeasurable result. And an immeasurable result is referring to uh, immeasurable um, um, uh, virtue results in happiness. So the result being the greatest result. Then Jay Rinpoche says, I have written about these ten types of offerings, so the actions of offering, and the six attitudes, the attitudes of offering, as they appear in the Bodhisattva Levels, which is a text by Great Master Asanga, called the Bodhisattva Levels, or the Bodhisattva Bhumis, in Sanskrit. So in Jayan Sheba's text, when we find how he um, uh, um, divides the various offerings, we find a total of 13, uh, and these are three. Uh, three have come completed. Uh, the offering, which is continuous or every time, made every time. Uh, secondly, the actions of offering. And then thirdly, the attitudes of offering. So we've gone through three, and then there are ten more, uh, according to Jayan Sheba. Tu <laughs> 
چه با زنبور شاوس سعند آزاده دان و دزربی تیز زنده دان دیجیت دنیله اند چه با تیز مابجی زنبوجی دو نابرس دیجیت دو نیابت کوده اند کانتون چه دو چه چه بچه سعند آلازو با دیجیت دیزو اند چه با تیز زنبوجی دو نابرس دیجی چه با جیبات وتره دیجی چه باس دیان جیبی وتره دیسینا تایم تایم ちょっとやばいとこっちでね、そうじるちょっとみうこれ、ちょっとやるちょっとみうこれ、ちょっとちょうどそう、で、かどみうこれ、かどかどみうこれ、わてん、おで、かどいなみうこれ、かどちょっ
Okay. Uh, so this is related to the time of making offerings. Furthermore, uh, you, since you constantly have to eat and drink, always offer the first portion of your food and drink. If you do this without fail, you will easily amass a large accumulation of merit. Uh, thus, from the depths of your heart, always offer the first portion of whatever you consume. So the fifth category of Jamyan Sheba's text deals with a, the small offering that it, uh, allows one to easily amass a large accumulation of merit. Uh, so uh, th that's the next section, and it's here it's dealing with offering the first portion of your food and drink and doing it without fail because you're doing it so much that you're easily, something small is allowing you to accumulate a large amount of merit. Uh, so this is the, the fifth point. Um, and I asked Rinpoche because it sounded like the first because in a uh, constant or every time offering, it's a separate point. This is specifically a small offering that because of its, the amount it's done, it becomes a, a, a large accumulation of merit. So um, even though it's saying done every time here or doing all the time, uh, it's in this next category. Um, it says to do this without fail. Uh, so that would seem like it's an every time, but it is saying that, but it's talking about the merit that's accumulated th through the, the, the small size of the offering. In comparison, a large amount of merit is accumulated. <coughs> so he says that the offering is small and the accumulation is great, uh, or the, or the, uh, the Effort or the offering is small, accumulation is great. So that's the section in Jamian Sheba's text number five. <laughs> Chai Okay, so the next uh, deals with appropriate uh, um, offering uh, and what not offering the inappropriate. And it's a, a little bit of a different word than the one used before for concordant appropriate, but I asked Rinpoche if it's similar, and he said yes, in meaning to the Tibetan. So uh, appropriate, I think, is the best use of the word once we get into the commentary. So. Thus, from the depths of your heart, uh, always okay. If you uh, thus from the depths of your heart, always offer the first portion of whatever you consume, even water. Furthermore, Sharawa stated, do not offer things such as moldy cheese and yellowed leaves, but use what you have that is good. Offering the first portion of tea will not be beneficial if it is done like clearing off some dust. 
Sharawa, the um, long tsar. So this is a uh, uh, this is a not appropriate uh, rotten food, rotten cheese. Offering to the Buddha is an inappropriate offer, offering. You shouldn't do this. So this is why Jayan Sheva categorized uses this as a category. Category. Not offering the inappropriate. The negative is used in the word, the inappropriate. Uh, a sutra says, for example, it will not work just to put seeds on a fertile field without actually planting them in season. 
so it is appropriate continuously to plant the seeds of temporary happiness and certain goodness throughout the four seasons in the fertile field that gives rise to all temporary happiness and certain goodness in this and future lives. But you till this field with the plow of faith. Uh, so here it's saying a normal field uh, has to be planted in a specific time and season. So uh, um, one plants the seeds in winter uh, or wishes to have a crop come about in winter in a place where the crops come in summer, uh, then one won't be successful. So it has to be uh, planted uh, not only uh, in a fertile ground, uh, but in, when there is actually the time for planting. Uh, the, the merit field is such that all times uh, are appropriate uh, for planting these seeds of, of, of uh, temporary happiness uh, and certain goodness. Uh, so one can, can all do this at all times uh, um, uh, and, and as long as there is this faith that is uh, guiding one uh, throughout one's uh, accumulation of merit. So my question was, is what's the connection here? I was trying to figure out the the Drewagare. The Tandeji in the Zuga, Tandal Since <laughs> ane so if one is making the effort, engaging in virtuous activities, engaging in ethics, engaging in the things uh, that allow one to accumulate these seeds, then they will ripen. And, but without those activities then they will not ripen. So one has to be planting the seeds within this fertile field in order for the experiences to occur. Uh, the field, winter, spring, summer, and fall is always uh, uh, ripe, uh, is always, uh, um, uh, um, let's see how the wording they use, is, is uh, always fertile in that it gives rise to all temporary happiness and certain goodness. Uh, but one has to plant the seeds uh, with the appropriate um, actions and activities of virtue, generosity, and so forth. Uh, so, 
So it it almost says, I think that it says you will not plow this field uh, with just faith. I think that it's saying you you won't just plow this field with just faith. You'll have to engage in the actions of making offerings, uh, being generous, and this is how you will plant these seeds. Just sitting back and making an aspiration for the accumulation of the temporary happiness and certain goodness uh, will not suffice. I'm sorry if I had to break away from that, but the uh, the meaning of what, what Rinpoche is saying as far as the commentary, what it means uh, is that just having this faith and making an aspiration for these things to come will not. Winter, spring, summer, and fall, you have to engage in the activities of planting these seeds of offering and generosity and so forth to have the results. So, so when one isn't uh, engaging in the virtue, engaging in generosity, then it's like a not fertile field. Uh, it, there's not, a, it's not a fertile field. It's a barren, fi- a, a barren field. Sure. <laughs> Uh, So here we have a quote. uh, It says, if you do this, you will be extremely poor. Uh, If you do not do this, you will be extremely poor in merit. And then it says, hence, as the praise and honor of one worthy of honor says, uh, no field of merit like you. So here this is a homage. This is uh, in reference to Buddha Shakyamuni. Uh, No field of merit like you exists in the three worlds. Uh, You are the supreme recipient of gifts the pure one who makes a row of monks pure, just as the height and breadth of the firmament have no limit, there is no limit to the fruition of helping or harming you. Does anyone know what firmament means? Just quickly. Okay, thank you. And that makes it all make sense. What was it? 
universe, stars, planets. Uh, so here it says, uh, um, no field of merit like you to Buddha Shakyamuni exists in the three worlds of the form, formless desire realm. You are the supreme recipient of gifts, the ultimate receiver of offerings. You are the ultimate being able to receive offerings. The pure one, the pure referring to a purity of ethics, the ethics, uh, pure behavior such as ethics, which is an abandonment of the ten non-virtuous activities uh, and the pure relative to the defilements. But here it's spe speaking of ethics. It says the pure one who makes a row of monks pure. Uh, so Buddha Shakyamuni is a pure monk uh, by, uh, and by being the pure monk, making the other row of monks the uh, symbol of the pu that purity or the, the other monks, row of monks pure. Uh, just as the height and breadth of the uh, universe has no limit or of the firmament has no limit, uh, um, there is no limit to the fruition of helping or, of helping or uh, harming you. Uh, so the, the two uh, results of helping the Buddha or, or harming the Buddha. Uh, thank you very much. The heavens or the sky. Okay, so firmament. The heavens or the sky, especially when regarded as a tangible thing. Uh, so there's no limit. So here it's there's no limit uh, to the heavens or the <coughs> sky. Uh, just likewise, there's no limit to the results of uh, helping or harming Buddha Shakyamuni. So acting positively, uh, offerings and so forth, the Buddha or harming or being negative towards. So that both, uh, there's no limit to those fruitions. Then, uh, so here the meaning behind this is that there is no higher uh, offering, no higher basis of uh, our offering than the Buddha Shakyamuni. Uh, so if we're making offerings throughout the four seasons uh, uh, appropriately, there's no field of merit that is like that, that we are making these continuous offerings to throughout these four seasons of time. Uh, and it says, it, it, no field exists in the three worlds of the form, formless realm, and desire realm. You are the supreme recipient of offerings, the Buddha, the pure one who makes a row of, of monks uh, pure. Uh, and uh, Okay, so this is the explanation of respect. This is the next one, two, three, four, five, uh, six, seven. Number seven in the category, according to Jayan Sheba, uh, the offering of respect. Uh, this offering, uh, re recognizing that there is no higher 
basis that one can make an offering to. So it's a uh, it's that form of respect. It's uh, and recognizing there's no higher basis to make offerings to. So one is making offerings in these four seasons, winter, spring, summer, and fall, all the time for the supreme uh, basis. Uh, so this is the uh, offering of respect, uh, and we find these these points made about the fertile field, uh, and then the points made in the uh, uh, praise of the honor of worthy of praise. So, looks like we're, we're out of time. Now, we'll, when we start again, we'll be on number, <coughs> number eight. Uh, so we've gone through seven. Take this home with me. Uh, we are now on page uh, 200 uh, in the English. Uh, yep, page 200. And the section on refuge actually starts on page 176. <coughs> so, we've gone through a lot of that, and all the teachings are online, so you'll be able to go over them. May Jenda Janta Jumbo Guna then Kana. Okay, so we'll do the concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer. Uh, and then uh, there'll be a short ceremony. Uh, the, uh, two folks from Rhode Island will be taking refuge. Uh, if anyone else uh, wants to take refuge vows, you can if you have a desire to. It's not necessary to take a refuge vow ceremony, Rinpoche said. You can just clear, just state, I take refuge for one's own person. Um, but if you have a desire to take uh, refuge vows, Rinpoche said that you could also join uh, if you haven't taken the refuge vow ceremony. Uh, it's after we do the uh, prayers. Uh, so we begin the concluding monologue offering and dedication prayer. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All powerful Abhukiteshvara, Tenzin Yatso, may you stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wandak, holder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts, Exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Tuji Ramachi Gutsi Shapi Deronam. Oh, okay.